Ever since Steph kicked that chair against Houston at home, the Warriors are 7-0. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. My guy, I mean, the Steph care chicken thing. Um, that should be a thing moving forward. Whenever Steph gets angry, just kick a chair and we're good. What do you think about that? I mean, I just realized that 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 is that is a that's a important point. It's a very important point. Um, ever since he got pissed, I mean, you can compare it to last year when he got yelled at his teammates first game after the All Star break against Ubre, Wiggins, all of them, and then the Warriors went on a little bit of run headed into the play in game tournament, which they obviously lost, which we don't need to recap, but we all know what happened. <laughs> Um, but it's an important point. And I think what Steph showed on Monday night against Houston, is he out of his slump? Maybe. I don't know. Because I've said that Steph's, there's been points during this time period where Steph has shown that he's out of his slump and then the next game he just sucks ass. Um, but the Nets game showed that Clay Thompson is back. The Rockets game showed that you don't piss Steph off um, when you think you just don't piss him off in general because he's going to drop 21 points in the fourth quarter on your head. And then Tuesday night showed that Jordan Poole is a monster and the Warriors better pay him his money when he becomes a free agent and when he's eligible for a contract because Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody that trio, that's like the next Steph, Clay, and Draymond. See, Joey Lightyears, this this plan that he's got, it actually may work. I've been down <laughs> it all along. We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting a little down ahead of it. ourselves here. All right, but let's roll into the episode. My yeah, monologue. Okay, so, yeah, all right. I love the monologue, by the way, but the whole uh, the moody coming up. Oh, it's, it's, no, that's, that's my optimism kicking in, but I seriously think – Serious to think that's a chance right there. That's the big three. Hey, I mean, it could happen. Just got to see in five years. Uh, moving to Brooklyn, um, James Harden was out. He had a hand injury. So it was just Kyrie Irving and the be- the rest of the bench unit for the Nets. Um, coming into this game, I would expect the Warriors to probably win substantially, especially since um, you got Steph, Clay, Wiggins, everyone starting except for Dre, Andre, and then all the injured people. So you would think that, okay, comfortable lead, but the Warriors just couldn't seem to find a rhythm, especially Steph and Clay. They were struggling all three quarters, um, but they st- they lit up the fourth quarter when they needed them the most. They had 17 in the fourth quarter combined, I think. Um, but I think this game, the game ball has to go to Andrew Wiggins, I think. He's proving his all-star selection status, and – uh, we already had this conversation last episode about all-star Wiggins and all that, but he seriously showed that he is deserving of an all-star spot. I mean, he carried the Warriors team to that in that game so that they wouldn't fall behind, especially Kyrie Irving. So respect to Kyrie Irving too. Um, the guy has talent. The guy has talent. 
So I mean, yes, yes, yes. He has talent. He has talent. He has talent. I I can agree with that. But what I cannot agree with is thinking that the Nets are finals contenders. Why not? I mean, they got KD, James Harden, and Kyrie. That's definitely- They all have to be healthy, though. They all have to be healthy. And I have a serious problem with Kyrie missing games because he's not eligible vaccination-wise to play in Brooklyn. I think that's just going to hurt their chances overall. And I don't, and I think without him and how big of a contributor he is, it'll be a problem for the Nets going forward unless he gets vaccinated. And it doesn't seem like he's getting vaccinated anytime soon. But I mean, I, I recommend the vaccine because you know what Andrew Wiggins turned into? Andrew Wiggins turned into an all star after taking the vaccine. And he probably got the booster too. So I mean, he got powers now. <laughs> yeah, he's got the superpowers now ever since taking the vaccine. Um, and then I'd like to, uh, push my uh Kevon Looney is a top 10 top 10 NBA forward in the National Basketball Association agenda again um 30 minutes see the the, the thing I take away from this I don't think Kevon Looney is top five because all five guys who are top five are offensive threats in the paint and from three as well and Jokic Cat um now I'm blanking on everyone Aiden, I would say, is probably top five. Embiid, and Giannis. oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot about Embiid, and that man's probably the MVP front runner. Uh, Embiid, Giannis. I mean, Giannis can play every fucking position if we're going to be completely honest. Um, I'm just pushing the agenda that Kevin Looney was plus 17, six points, 15 boards, and people are complaining about the lack of size on this team. Kevin Looney's got it down, and it seems okay, like. But- the lack of size concern is actually warranted a little bit. Yes, yes, it is seen, warranted. It is warranted. We've seen, we've, seen it is warranted. we've had conversations about this. We've seen yeah. what the Warriors are against like superstar big men. So exactly. Uh, obviously, Kevon Looney is a great player, but I don't think he'll be able to lock up these guys. When he is healthy, he is a very good basketball player out there. I think that I agree. I agree. I think that the Warriors do need size, um, and they need it badly. But it seems like Bob Myers wants to put all of the weight on James Wiseman's shoulder, who's still ramping up from his torn meniscus for three months, um, ramping up. But overall, I think from takeaway from this game is that Clay Thompson is back. Um, we can roll the clip of him hitting that uh, game one in a three pointer. I it was a sore bang. sight to see, man. Like Steph to Clay, like bang. Uh, and there's just yeah, and then there's just Mike something Green about call. And then there's just something about Kyrie hitting fadeaway shots in the on the right 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 on the wing. right wing. Man, <laughs> gave me gave me PTSD. Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, but. Once again, Steph didn't shoot the ball well, 5 for 18, 3 for 10, but that doesn't matter because he won. His playmaking was insane. See, this like, is, yeah, exactly. That's the that lot of fans. I'm going to I'm gonna be honest and call them casuals because that's what a lot of people like to say these days. Um, he does, when he's not shooting the ball, he still makes an impact on the floor, either defensively as he's improved tremendously defensively and playmaking. Um, finding the open guy, which which is what he did with 
um, get the ball to Clay on the final play, which I think was a good idea because Steph's not clutch. Um, shit, I can't say that anymore because he hit that game winning buzzer. He hit the so. game winner at twenty one in the. Um, <laughs> just he, I just think he. It, it's so overlooked how he makes an impact on the floor when he's not shooting the ball, and even if he's shooting the ball well, he's still making an impact. And I think a lot of regular NBA fans and fans who don't know ball don't understand. Yeah. I mean the box score. Yeah. I mean, Steph statistically has not done great, but if you look at the eye test, if you watch the games, you can see the impact Steph has made, even with clay out there, he still gets double teamed. And you know what Steph does? He passes it to the open man for the layup who's cutting JTA, for example, uh, I don't remember the game, but um, Steph was doubled. I think I think it was the Rockets game, and then JTA came off a cut um, to get an open layup. That's just the little the little thing Steph does. He can do the hockey assist with the screening and all that. That's just the kind of stuff that doesn't show up in the box the box score, and that's what's important to realize as fans is that um, Steph's going to have his off night. Yeah, it's been two months, but um, we got to realize that we shouldn't have these high expectations. So. Um, but obviously Steph's great, so he'll get his number eventually. So, and he got his, he's got his shots shots up eventually against Houston. And we just gotta say, Steph owns the Rockets, right, my guy? Steph, uh, he's on the he's he's on the Rockets since 2015, and he's probably I would say that they should probably uh, give him part time ownership now because 2015 owned him in the Western Conference Finals, 2016. Um, still, they played him he, in 2016. He got, they, yeah, he got hurt game one, I think, and then he got yeah. hurt game. Still four, owned them though. No. So the Warriors still won, so he still owns them. Um, 2017, that was the no, they didn't play. They didn't play, they didn't play in 2017 because the Rockets were ass. Well, I mean, yeah, of course they're ass. And then 2018, game six and game seven just went off. Um, and then 2019. They didn't play the Rockets, no. They did. They, they did. Uh, Fuck, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that was that was the the Steph semifinal, semifinal, semifinal. Thirty three yeah. points in Game Six. Yeah, I mean Steph the turned in. Steph turned in the Game Six clay there. Um, so I mean, part time ownership of the Rockets. So I mean, it makes sense. And it seems like he was getting MVP chance in Toyota Center. That's how. That's how great. That's how much they love him. Yeah, Rockets fans. Jeez. Like the hate the hate Rockets fans had for Steph way back then, it was like big. And now seeing that MVP chance now is just surprising. Like you said, I mean, um, and then I just, I just don't understand what Kevin Porter Jr. was doing, man. Oh, like you're barking Smoking at the bear. You're barking at the best greatest shooter of all time. And a top 10 player of all time, top 15 player of all time. Let's, I'm going to keep it lenient. Top 15 player of all time. And you're barking at him. Like you're going to lock him up, man. Just don't do that. It's a mistake. It's a, it mistake. Is a mistake. And has anyone else done that to Steph in there? Oh, Patrick Beverly. It's the same exact situation. Patrick Beverly saying, saying that we're going to own you for the next five years, man. The Clippers didn't do shit. Seriously, didn't do anything. And then he gets traded from the Clippers to the Grizzlies. And then the Clippers, Grizzlies, a day later, trade him to the Timberwolves. I mean, man, you can pass around like 
I'm not going to issue that reference. It's not very appropriate, but he's getting passed around more than, yeah, we're just going to leave it, but it's, uh, <laughs> I get you. You're saying, I got you. I got it's, you. You just don't poke the bear. Exactly what Ethan said. Don't poke him because he's going to uh, yeah. come in and drop 21 on your head in the fourth quarter. I think, I think that game shouldn't have been rel- relatively close because they started the game off. So well at 10, nothing run. And then it was 15 to 14 Rockets at one point in the first quarter. I don't think it should have been close at all with how good the Warriors roster is. I understand that they were out with Otto Porter Jr., but I mean, I think Rockets the, aren't the greatest. The Rockets are a top five bottom team in the NBA. I think the reason why the Rockets came back, I think it was because of the rotation pattern. We can talk about rotation pattern where you could stick to the old rotation, the new rotation, but the new rotation. Um, Steph didn't even play the last, what, six minutes of the second quarter, if I'm not like, that kills rhythm. And Steph is the kind of player that relies on rhythm. I wouldn't say really, but um, we've seen it in years past where Steph in the first six minutes of the first quarter, he usually tries to get everyone involved. And then when it comes to like the last three minutes, that's when you see the Steph flurry and all that, the Curry flurry. So I think uh, with the way Steve Kerr has been doing it, like Steph hits two threes. Uh, Steve here calls a timeout, takes him out, and yep. he's cold for the rest of the night. And luckily, that did not happen throughout the whole night. Um, yeah, he's kind of he was shaky a little bit in the first three quarters, but that was the four, when the fourth quarter came around and when Steph – didn't even get taken out. It showed how lethal like Steph is on ball, having that 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. That's just peak Steph at that point. And I really think they should just go back to the 12-6, 12-6 rotation, in my opinion. I think that's just – just keep it simple. Don't try to fix anything that's broken. And I exactly. Really and like if you, the, like the you new look rotation. at, yeah, if you look at the stats down the stretch last year, that's how Steph caught hot and was a MVP front or top three in MVP voting. Cause I think that rotation worked for him where he got hot. He got a full 12 minutes to get everything together, get some rest, and then comes out here, comes out in the second, gets hot halftime. Third quarter continues to flamethrower, third quarter Warriors. And then finishes out the game. I, I just I think that's the best option for being honest. And I understand the Warriors are thirty nine and thirteen, and that it's worked. But Steve's just got to stop getting cute a little bit. I think it's he's overdoing it a little bit, and I think he's getting a little bit too cute. That made any sense? But I'm no, gonna... no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I feel like you're playing I love around. Steve. I love you're Steve. You're playing around with fire. You're playing around with fire a little too much, and it, it might bite you in the ass later on. So exactly. um, if it's working, okay, but like um we gotta see how it works later on. I don't know if that made any sense, but like um does it work later on? Um especially with Draymond coming back, like does that kind of rotation work with Draymond back in the big mix. So um, we'll have to wait and see. I think um, it should. Yeah, we'll see. But um, <laughs> other than other than Steph, uh, this whole game, I think Moses Moody, um, he had a start tonight. Um, I wasn't able to catch any moments with Moody because I was um, doing some stuff. But 
What did you think of Moody that game? Did he Which impress game? you? The Houston game. Did he impress you a lot? Um, did he show flashes? What are your like immediate thoughts of him? Um, d- damn straight, he's a hard worker on the floor. Not af- afraid to get on the floor, go get that ball. <laughs> that sounds like such an '80s coach something he would say. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's an impressive shooter, three for five from three point range. Um, he's got a nice stroke, just like Clay Thompson. Um, I think I have more takeaways from the San Antonio game than I do from the Houston game. Um, didn't have any turnovers, so it's not like JTA or Damian Lee who turned the ball over like Jimmy Garoppolo does. So, oh, heartbreak for 49ers fans, heartbreak. Um, but I'm to... though, I know, I know you're a Stafford fan, so like, how are you feeling about Matt Stafford going to the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm happy for him. I'm not happy for all the backlash I'm going to get about how Detroit failed him, which is true. It's true. Um, but I was pulling for the 49ers, and it, it sounds wrong that I was doing that, but I, I was kind of pulling for the underdog Super Bowl with the 49ers and the Bengals. But I'm happy for Matthew. We should go win it all. I mean, he gave it all for the city of Detroit. Um, and the Detroit Lions organization sadly failed him. Um, and the Lions will get some bad media attention now. I don't think they, I don't think there needs to be any bad media attention towards my team, though. Shit, been through enough. Detroit deserves something good, exactly. And it, it just, and it just goes with the saying, can't have shit in Detroit, baby. Can't have shit in Detroit. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You can't have nice things. You can't have nice things. That's why. I mean, they, they did win the, the NBA championship, the Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah, they won in 2004, 1989, 1990. The Red Wings were a dynasty in the late 90s and 2000s. Tigers won a couple World Series. And then the only odd man out are the Detroit Lions who have not won a Super Bowl and haven't won a playoff game and since 1993. So hopefully that streak ends sometime soon um, so it can relieve me of some uh, pain. Those are, that's the only team that hasn't brought me some sort of postseason, postseason happiness. Every single one of my teams has besides the Lions, and it's tough. They will. We got to cross our fingers that the Lions. So glad, win. so glad that I'm. I got the Warriors and Giants bringing me championships in my lifetime. I appreciate it. Same here. I mean, same here. I mean, and baseball, man, going through a fucking lockout. Really, I need baseball in the summer, man. And you guys complaining about money. That's that's nothing to do with it. But Warriors Spurs, let's get into that. I mean, Jordan Poole's a stuff disciple. We all know that. Uh 31 points. I think the most interesting thing from this box score is that Chris Gioza was a plus 17. And you want to know how Chris Gioza looked tonight? He looked awful. Um it it's just there's it's just the dribbling it's just the dribbling going nowhere. It's the Chris Gioza special. I mean, I mean, I think the probably the nicest play is that he had a transition three where he just pulled up like Steph and just shot that stuff. Um, but he actually plays well in the G League. Um, if you look at his stat lines, he does well in the G League. It just somehow doesn't translate to the NBA, which I mean, I understand you're playing against 
um, a lot better players in the league. But I think Moses Moody had a good night, 20 points, 6 for 12, 6 for 10 from three-point range. See, that's some Clay Thompson style. Exactly, right exactly. That's why Moses Moody is the Clay Thompson, Jonathan Kaminga is the Draymond Green, and Jordan Poole is the Steph. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga, 19 points, three rebounds, three assists. He'll get you the buckets. He's, his athleticism, I think, you can point towards Draymond in a little bit of a comparison. And Jordan Poole is just, it's just like Steph. It's like a Steph. chef's kiss, like moi. Gotta appreciate. And I think that. that that final play really showed how hard. hard exactly. I mean, Jordan Poole misses the wide open three. Damian Lee gets off his ass and goes get that rebound. Then he fumbles it, and then Moses Moody gets on the floor, gets 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 the ball, kicks it to Damian Lee. Damian Lee kicks it to the quarter, and Jordan Poole a little fadeaway three. It was it. It reminds me of the Steph uh, three-point fadeaway against the Pelicans game three. Yeah, well, it was it was somewhat like that, honestly. It was like it looked like a busted play, and and uh, most Bates gave him the screen, and then he shot it. And it should have been a foul, but you know, Steph that never. That was n one. <laughs> it was an n one. It was supposed to be an n one. I mean, he got it, bodied. <laughs> I mean, Steph doesn't get foul calls, so it's not surprising. Um, but. It really, the young Santa Cruz Warriors tonight really showed heart and hustle, and it showed getting pulling out the W, especially without Draymond, Steph, Clay. You have to include Wiggins now because Wiggins is an all star, so that means Steph has too much help. So, and then you got Otto Porter Jr., Belly, and Iggy. So you're out without without your six veterans, and you put in a starting lineup of JTA, who I don't think should have started. Um, I think Kaminga should have started, but you know, Steve's getting cute on us. Kevin Looney, I don't understand with Looney. Loon play has, I think he's played every game this year and he can't get rest like the others. That's some, that's some sick stuff, Steve. Um, Loon and then Damian Lee, Jordan Poole, Moses Moody. Moses Moody, 37 minutes. Um, Damian Lee, 37. Damian Lee, 21 points, five for 10 from I three. I want to apologize. I want to apologize to Damian Lee. Yeah, this should. is my apology to Damian Lee. I was wrong. He's a I was wrong. Now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, he, he made clutch shots. He had big moments in this in this game. Uh, I think it was 114, 114. Damian Lee hits a three to take the lead. Um, that pass to Jordan Poole to get to the go-ahead and two clutch free throws at the end to seal the deal. So um, I know where I was wrong. Um, kept the receipts. You can check the episodes back then. But He's a shooter uh, now. Lee, yeah, salute you, my guy. Uh, love the work you did tonight. I uh, hope you can keep it up. And GP2, it just shows how – I know he left the game a little bit early. But he's like a Draymond type of player where he doesn't need to score any points and he still makes an impact on the floor. Um, and then Jonathan Kaminka, I mean, he had that windmill slam showing off his athleticism. That kid's going to be so good in a couple of years, but I mean, take away from this game. They were down 17, by the way, if we didn't mention that. Yeah, they're down 17 in the fourth quarter and the Santa Cruz Warriors said, fuck them. We turned on the jets and we're winning this ball game. And that's what they did. And Steph was pumped up, up, uh, pumped up at the end of it. And guys. Um, and it just shows how 
I'm not going to say how deep the team is, just how it the Warriors are such a uh, tight-knit group. There we go. That's the good word for it. Just showing support to the guys who don't get that many minutes and get a chance to shine, like Moses Moody and like uh, Jonathan Kaminga, uh, Chris Gioza, what, uh Quindary Weatherspoon, who got some minutes. So it was a good Hard fought win, 39 and 13, second place in the West. Now we will talk about uh, Bob Myers saying that uh, Draymond Green and Bob Myers' updates on Draymond Green and James Wiseman. Let's roll it. So let's figure out what Bob had to say today. They were going to ramp up, they're in good direction. You know, Bob Myers is a great way with words. He has a way of making things positive without saying anything. Um, what I love about Bob. I mean, for the ramp-up thing for James Wiseman, like I said early in the episode, James Wiseman's been ramping up for three months and we haven't gone anywhere. So uh, we got to keep going. We got to keep moving somewhere. So, Jermaine uh, Green, who has been sidelined for the last 12 games due to a lower back disc injury, was recently examined. The examination indicated that Green is still making steps in a positive direction and the injury is rep- improving. He will be reevaluated again prior to the All-Star break. What Anthony Slater said is that a couple, I think it was two weeks ago, saying that he was out indefinitely until March 1st, um, which I think... Is a little bit of a problem, but I think what the Warriors are showing is that they're still the fact that they're still able to get wins against teams like the Nets um, and the T Wolves, who I think are a playing team, which they did last week, shows that good signs that I think they're just going to get even better when they add Draymond Green and James Wiseman, as they will have to incorporate James Wiseman back into the rotation. So. And I would think that James Wiseman will probably have to go down to Santa Cruz to get some minutes, so which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, we've seen what Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody have done in the G League, and when they came back, they looked like Better. really good. So I think James Wiseman has to go down to the G League. They should not force him back into um, NBA caliber because we've saw what that happened. He looked lost he did not know what to do um i think to the according to the numbers i think it was like the worst lineup out there with james wiseman out there so gotta put him in the g league for development so that's the best route in my opinion think you got that same opinion i mean jordan Poole is an advocate for saying that the g league helped him so much that it helped him become the player he is today so that's the route i would take with james wiseman i mean there's a part of me who wants to trade James Wiseman for and a pick and some picks for a uh, big time caliber big, but you know that won't happen because James Wiseman is the next Akeem Olajuwon and Joe Lacob's mind. So I'll trust uh, Joe Lacob's mind for a second and let James Wiseman become the next Akeem Olajuwon in front of my eyes. So I trust you, Joe. I trust you, Joe Lacob. I'll cut it. Oh wait, that's not trust the process. That's uh, that's the seventy six years. <laughs> trust the process uh, started like ten years ago, and it still hasn't worked out. 
I mean, Joel Embiid worked out, but I mean, Ben Simmons, yeah, that guy's fucking crying. Damn, I shouldn't be swearing. Uh, he's uh, sitting on his rear end in his house crying about a comment that Doc Rivers said. I mean, bro, just... God. I, I have a problem with the fact that he gets paid millions of dollars and he's crying about something his coach said. And there's people in this world working their ass off to make minimum wage to provide for their families. Like, man, get your life together, brother. Jeez, some words of wisdom from me. That'll conclude episode number 73, the and Dubs podcast. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod and on TikTok at Catching Dubs Pod. Shout out to all the fans in Brazil, man. I appreciate it. Number 136 on uh, and, uh, basketball podcast charts. Appreciate all the supporters from around the world. Let's keep it rolling, folks. Appreciate the support, y'all.